How y'all doing this morning? Awesome. Excited to share with you. Hey, can you help me give a warm welcome to our online family? So excited that you are with us. So I want to start out by sharing a story. So several years ago, my mom called me, and in the midst of the conversation, she shared with me that she had a large tumor in her throat, and that they had just diagnosed her with cancer. And of course, my heart sunk right away in that moment. And she went on to share that it was actually, uh, it had moved into her lymph nodes, so it was stage two, and once it gets there, it can go anywhere. So you can imagine my prayer life took a drastic turn in that moment. And I, you know, I had a desperation that I just hadn't had before in that moment. And so I began to pray what I believe, like Jesus heals, like he heals. And I started inviting some of my friends, like everybody I knew really like, hey, my mom needs breakthrough. And so we began to, to pray and contend for healing in her life. And not much seemed to really be changing. And so my mom had to do what most people have to do as she went through some of the therapy, chemotherapy and radiation. And it was, the radiation part was actually the worst. It was like her mouth broke out and sore. She couldn't swallow. She couldn't eat. It was really painful. And, you know, God did break through in, in many ways that I'm going to share later. But this, this whole process was, was heart-wrenching. It like was hard. It was challenging. It like challenged her faith. It challenged my faith. And the whole time I'm going, Lord, why won't you just heal her? Can't you just heal her? Why does she have to go through all this pain? Like, where is your healing? Have you ever believed something that's sometimes so hard to believe that you just want to stop believing it? Like, it just seems foolish or crazy. Like, why would you believe that? You know, if you, if you look at our world right now, there's just brokenness everywhere. There's sickness, of course, but there's also confusion and disillusion, disillusionment and, and discouragement in pretty much every aspect of your life, like physical, spiritual, emotional, mental. Like when I, when I actually looked up some statistics uh, for mental health specifically, you know, those are never encouraging, Right? And it, it, as you can imagine, over the last couple years, that they have skyrocketed. But I was really shocked when I saw the, the numbers. Like anxiety has increased by 94%. Depression has increased by 82%. And then self-harming, which is, you know, really happens uh, among the youth today, it has increased by 333% over the last two years. And not even, you know, of course we have sicknesses like cancer and diabetes and heart disease ever increasing. And you can look at these stats and you can look at some of the things that we've all experienced in this room and you can feel totally hopeless, discouraged, like the brokenness is overwhelming. And I just have to keep asking, where are you, Jesus? Where's Jesus? Where's the healing? Like, you know one of his names is actually the Lord who heals. So I keep asking, where is the breakthrough? Where is that promise that says, by your wounds, we are healed? Over the next six weeks, we're actually going to go on a journey together. 
in a series that we're calling Jesus Heals Breakthrough in a Broken World. And we're actually going to experience and take on some challenging tensions of, of what it really means to live a naturally supernatural lifestyle. And we're going to look at the specific topic of healing. And we want to actually tackle some challenging questions like, is God letting bad things happen like sickness and disease? Isn't he in control? Or is God punishing me with sickness? Or can I even really be healed of things like depression or anxiety? Or do I just not have enough faith? And how do I get more faith? I want you to just think about your life for a moment. Where do you need breakthrough? Where is there brokenness in your life that you need healing? Maybe it's in your life, maybe it's around your life. See, what I believe Jesus wants to do in us over these next weeks is release a revelation of who he is, but also what he's actually done. Mentally, physically, spiritually. And there's an invitation here. There's an invitation to trust him for healing with brokenness all around us. And today, I actually want to start what I think is one of the most helpful starting places, something that has really helped me. It's the answering the question, is it actually God's will to heal? Does Jesus really want a breakthrough in every area of your life? Would you just pray with me? Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this room. Jesus, you are the teacher, you're the guide, you're actually the great physician. And we need you to come into this room, Lord. We need you to open our hearts and our ears and our minds, just every part. God, we want to hear from you, Lord. We invite you into the tension, we invite you into every place in our life right now and ask you to speak in Jesus' name. Amen. That baby just said amen too right there. That's right. Yes. So is it God's will to heal? Well, thankfully, we have more than a promise. We have a person, Jesus Christ. And when Jesus came onto the scene, when he started his public ministry, he had a major announcement. He said, the kingdom of God is here. Now repent and believe the gospel. The Gospel of Matthew actually says it this way. We're going to put it on the screen for you. And Jesus went around through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and look at this, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. He proclaimed and he demonstrated. And what he was actually doing was ushering in a whole new world, the kingdom of God. A whole new world. I just could not resist the temptation to do that. But he ushered in a whole new world, right? And this is called the kingdom of God. It's actually not a geographical place. It's not geographical. The kingdom of God is actually the rule and the reign of God. It's not a place. It's his power. It's his power. And see, anywhere there is brokenness in the world, Jesus came to release wholeness. I love how the Apostle John 
puts it. In 1 John, we're going to put this on the screen too. The reason the Son of God appeared was to what? Let's say this together. To destroy the works of the devil. Mm, I like that. <laughs> I really do. What are those works? Well, it's sicknesses, it's disease, it's oppression, it's hopelessness, it's despair. You see, the author of all this brokenness that we see in the world, in our lives, both directly and indirectly, is the devil. He's the author of it. And Jesus actually came to declare war on that guy and everything that he stands for. See, we're actually in a war. Someone got real excited about that one. I like it. We're in a war. We're in a battle. It's actually cosmic in scope. See, there's an enemy on the field, and Satan and God's will are now in conflict. And what that means is that in this battle, God's will doesn't always happen. You see, the kingdom of God is here, but it's not fully here. It's, it's still breaking in. It's still actually advancing. And, you know, there are a lot of places that we need to see the kingdom break in. Like the Ukraine is a great example right now. War, turmoil, destruction, all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of hard to see God at work at all. But then I'm hearing these crazy YWAM missionary stories of like missiles flying in the air and then disappearing or missiles landing and not exploding or Russian troops just running away from the battle. So we're kind of seeing a little glimpse there. But I actually want to get a little more personal if we look in our own bodies. Like I know there are people in this room and online that are in pain right now. Like you need healing. You need freedom in your life. You're, you're still working through or dealing with illness or disease or grief or pain. Like you need a breakthrough. In, in a simple way, I've been experiencing this over the last several months. Many of you know that I stepped into a new role last year as the School of Kingdom Ministry Director. And we finally got to launch in person. It was awesome. Last fall, right? Some of you are excited about that. Yes, it was awesome. And we had a powerful launch. It was like, wow, Lord, you're so good. And then, and then we actually have a ministry time and people are healed and people that were being oppressed were set free from things. And we're just like, this is going to be so good. Well, five days later, my wife, me, my four kids all come down with COVID. And it ain't no mild case either. Like, it was like three, over three weeks was just terrible. It was, it was a, a terrible experience. But, you know, eventually I recovered and I was like, okay, now I have the immunities. Okay, this is never going to happen again. So this January, <laughs> we launched our second semester. <laughs> Right? And it's the healing unit. Thank you, Lord. It's going to be so good. We had a powerful launch. Healing broke out in the room. I was so excited. Jesus, you're a healer. And then two days later, I test positive for COVID again. And I was like, what is going on? And it wasn't even a mild case. It was like 10 days again. And I'm actually still feeling the effects of it right now. See, we're in a battle. In the battle... Is fierce. And see, when we struggle, when we, we have pain in our life, when we struggle through this, when we're actually seeing some loss, it makes us question, Lord, do you really want this? Do, 
is do you really want to heal? You know, there's a powerful story in Luke 5 that I want us to look at when Jesus walks toward a man with leprosy. This is probably one of the most risky things he could have ever done in his day. Now, leprosy is this disease that attacks uh, the skin, and it eats away, and the nerves, and limbs fall off. But here's what's even worse, is that they actually have to leave their home and their families and live on the outskirts, right? They have to scavenge for food. And they were forbidden to have contact with any people. They actually had to wear a bell, and if anyone approached them, they had to ring the bell and yell, unclean! I mean, can you imagine that? They couldn't even go into a marketplace, and they can never do what we're doing right now, worship together. Instead of reading this, I actually want to watch it from a series called The Chosen. Someone loved that one. (laughs) See, when we ask the question, is it God's will to heal? Let's watch what he does. Not to spoil this beautiful day or anything, huh? <laughs> Come on. It's a leper. Stay back. Cover your mouth. Don't breathe his air. Don't come any closer. It's okay, John. It's okay. Rabbi, 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 you cannot. It's disease. You. Please. Please don't turn away from me. I won't. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Only if you want to, I submit to you. My sister, she was a servant at the wedding. She told me what you could do. I know you can heal me if you are willing. Seek your own honor. Please just do me this one thing. But what do I tell people? Go, show yourself to the priest. Let them inspect you and see that you are cleansed. 
Make the proper offering in the temple as Moses commanded. And go on your way. Who has an extra tunic? Just one of you, just one of you. That's enough. Green is definitely your color. Oh. <laughs> Not too shabby. <laughs> Does that do in your heart what it does to mine? Does that like grip you? Like I don't believe that's just a story. I believe that really happened. See, when Jesus is faced with the most shameful and scary disease of his time, what does he do? He walks toward it. He doesn't run away. He actually walks toward it. And and when the man approaches him and says, if you're willing, you, you can heal me. Will you heal me? And see, Jesus gets down to his level. He looks at him face to face. I can't even do it. He says, I am willing. I am willing. I am willing. You see, this word willing is really important to understand where it comes from. It's not just one time thing. It actually means I'm always willing. I'm continually willing. I'm forever willing. I am always willing to heal you. That's what he's saying. But see, there's more than just this physical healing. See, Jesus, when he heals, he wants healing in every part of your life. Every part of your life. He touches him. That is something so forbidden. That's actually how you get leprosy. He touches him because what he's saying is, you're no longer an outcast. You're no longer abandoned. I'm restoring connection and relationship. I'm doing this for you. I'm restoring your heart. He actually clothes him. Do you know that lepers had to wear tattered and torn clothing? And he says, no, you're made new. And then he tells him, now I want you to go to the priests and fulfill the requirements of the law. Why would he do that? Because, see, he wants him restored to society. He has something to contribute again. He wants every part of his life made whole. See, when, when Jesus releases breakthrough, the kingdom, it's a breakthrough of wholeness. Amen. This, is his God, this is God's heart. Now, in the Old Testament, we actually see this encompassed in the word shalom. It's more than peace, often translated. It actually means complete, whole, healed, delivered. But in the New Testament, I just heard someone say it down here. It's the word sozo. That's where wholeness. Now, I want to take you to school a little bit. Now, I'm not going to school you. I want to just take you. These are some of the things that we learn about in the School of Kingdom Ministry. And I want to talk about the relationship between salvation and healing. Because I think it's going to help us understand God's heart. See, typically in the church, I think we put these in two different categories. Like, salvation is actually what God really cares about. That's like central to his heart. And then healing, well, it'd be a bonus. Be nice if it would happen, right? But see, some of this happens because we make this artificial division between healing and salvation that's actually not there. I want to look at this definition of sozo. 
to save, keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction. Wow, that's good. That's salvation. But look under A1 there. To save a suffering one from perishing, one suffering from disease, to make well, heal, restore to health. You see, sozo is used in both salvation and healing. And, and interesting, like when they translate it, they actually translate it differently depending on the context. Let me give you a few examples of what this looks like in Scripture. In the end of Acts, that we see the disciples are all meeting together, devoted in worship. They're sharing possessions. It's like amazing. There's signs and wonders everywhere. And it says this, And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being sozoed. Those who were being saved. Okay, now let's look at a different account in Matthew 9. The woman with the issue of blood. Some of you remember the story. Okay, she, she's been hemorrhaging for 12 years. I can't even imagine. And she, she's an out, outcast, right? She's an outcast. But then she sees Jesus passing by, and she's like, if I can just touch his robe, I will be sozoed. I will be healed. And we know that she touches the robe. The power comes out of Jesus into her, heals her instantly. Jesus is like, what just happened to me? He turns around and says, your faith has made you well. See, sozo is actually in both ideas of the same word. And when we put them in two categories, when we separate them, we actually put a separation that's not really there. So, so why am I telling you this? See, we can't say that salvation is more important to God than healing because they're both sozo. The scriptures use one category to talk about wholeness, healing, salvation, deliverance from demons. He wants every part of our life whole, sozo. So then why do we have so much trouble believing that it's God's will to heal? Well, one of them we talked about is, is the battle, when the kingdom doesn't break through. But another one is that how we view healing and salvation now versus in eternity. You know, when I give my life to Jesus, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe that he was raised from the dead. I will be saved, right? Yes? Will I be saved? Okay, good. Most of us don't question this. Maybe a few of you are. I don't know. So why doesn't the same happen with healing? You know, we pray and then we don't see any results. Like with my mom, I didn't see any results and it messes with us. I mean, I was so troubled deeply. Some of you can relate to this. You're, in, you're frustrated. Like, why isn't the kingdom of God breaking in? Well, some other reason is that we're talking about two different times. Let me look at this. Let's look at this chart that we use in the school. If you can put up that first one. You know, salvation, you know, when someone says yes to Jesus, we believe this happens. Well, that, that's actually talking about the future. It's talking about eternity, guaranteed to go to heaven if you turn to the Lord, right? That's salvation then. But what about healing now? You know, sometimes we see healing, and sometimes we don't see it break in, and it causes all this confusion, right? Well, that's actually talking about healing now, in the present, all right, well, I want to flip this around a little bit. Let's talk about salvation now. You know, some people, 
man, you can just tell that they are saved. Man, you look at their life, and they stop cussing, they stop partying. They, you look at their life, and you're like, dude, man, your life is different. You're totally transformed, right? And then other people, you're like, hmm, I'm not sure that took. <laughs> Maybe you should go to the altar one more time. <laughs> you know, and I saw a few of you just nudge the person next to you. <laughs> Salvation now is kind of messy, right? Some people you're like, wow, that's amazing. Man, your whole life has changed. Others are really in process. You're like, man, you did that again? You know? Just like healing now is a little messy. It's in process. Sometimes it breaks in and sometimes it doesn't. But healing then, it's guaranteed. Complete healing and wholeness for all eternity. I want to read this scripture. We don't often talk about eternity a lot, the future, what it's going to be like. Listen how Revelation 21 describes this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Wow, I feel that. You see, when we don't see the kingdom of God break in the now, we know then it's guaranteed. Some of you know that when I was four, I had a severe injury to my eye, to my right eye. And I'm pretty much all the way blind, definitely legally blind. So I'm at this conference several years ago. There's like a thousand people in the room under this tent, and you know we're getting ready to go into ministry time, and this woman, Debbie Wright, um, she's a featured speaker, she comes up to share some ministry words, like, well, hey, this is what we're going to do during ministry time, and she goes, and she wrote down something, she's like, is there a Daniel here that has a problem in his right eye, and I think he might have a vision problem that maybe he can't see, and I was just like... Yep, that's me. I'm looking around. Can there be anybody else? I'm there with like 40 people. Talk about faith rising in the room. Like I stood up and I'm like, hello. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, Lord. And okay, I don't remember all the details, but I know like 25 or 30 people prayed for me. I mean, there's people that just gave their life to Jesus coming up under the power of the Spirit. And they're like, I need to pray for you. And they're like, I'll receive it, Lord. Just, yeah, just give it all, you know. And I didn't get healed. And I was like, Lord, why would you do that? Why would you tell a complete stranger something so specific about me and then not heal me? I mean, I wrestled. I I still kind of wrestle with it. And in the wrestling, in taking it to Jesus, I realized, wow, Lord, you see me. You really see me. Like you told a complete stranger, like I'm, I'm not alone, you're, you're with me in this. And I sense this invitation for faith. To believe in something that I couldn't yet see. He asked me, he goes, will you believe I'm a healer even though you're not seeing the fullness of my promise? Let me just say this. If you've lost someone that should have been healed or you still need healing in your body right now, I'm grieving with you, but I'm also contending with you. 
I'm going to pursue healing like I never have before because I want to take a toll on the enemy that is stealing, killing, and destroying in your life. I want to take a toll for that, even though I'm not seeing the fullness of the promise of my own. You see, what I, I've been letting God establish, you kind of have to let him do this. You have to let him in. What I'm letting him establish in my heart is that if this is the truth, if healing is possible, then I have to go for what he said over what I've experienced. Let me just say it this way. We can't take the promises of God and lower it to the level of our experience. Now, experiences are important. Let me tell you, experiences can inform our theology, what we believe about God. But as soon as I start to believe my experience over his promises, it takes me down a path of doubt and fear, unbelief. I, I, I can't almost get out of it. I can't get out of it. I want to be gentle here because I know this is hard territory. Some of you are walking through, have walked through a lot of pain and a lot of loss. But our expectation for healing, our expectation for kingdom breakthrough must be rooted in the word who is actually Jesus. Jesus is the word made flesh. I want to share this prophecy about what Jesus actually accomplished on the cross in Isaiah 53. I actually think there's going to be something released as I share this. However, it was our sicknesses that he himself bore and our pains that he carried. Yet we ourselves assumed that he had been afflicted, struck down by God and humiliated, but he was pierced for our offenses. He was crushed for our wrongdoings. The punishment for our well-being was laid upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. That's powerful. So you, you see, what this is saying is that every bit of brokenness that we're experiencing on the earth right now was actually laid upon himself on the cross. Our sicknesses, pain, sins, offenses, oppression, every wound on his body, by his wounds, we are healed. So what, what is this doing? It's giving us a clue of what to do when the kingdom doesn't break in. When the battle is fierce, when we don't understand what to do, we have to fix our eyes back on Jesus. I love what Revelation 12, how it puts it. It says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. What does that mean? That means that when the, the battle is fierce, when we're overwhelmed, when we're not seeing the breakthrough, we have to focus, put our attention back on the cross and what he did for us on the cross. That's what he means by the blood of the lamb. But then we also have to look at the word of their testimony. We have to fix our gaze off of our circumstance and onto the kingdom breaking in. The testimony of Jesus breaking through all over the place. You know, this is actually what he means by repent and believe the gospel. Repentance is so much more than turning away from sin. It's actually changing the way you think. Believe the gospel. Put your attention and focus there, even though, man, this takes the Holy Spirit, guys. The Holy Spirit all the way. And that's actually why I'm giving you so much scripture. 
Because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what, what that means is that I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to take his word for it. See, all sozo is in process while we're here on the earth. But we're contending for the kingdom. You know, your will be done on earth as it is in Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm going to point to the right direction there. <laughs> on earth as it is in heaven. That's, that's the prayer. You'll see with my mom, we actually saw a breakthrough in a very unexpected way. After one chemotherapy treatment, the large tumor in her throat actually shriveled to nothing and totally disappeared. And it was so astounding to the cancer doc, who was, it wasn't the first time on the job, he was 40 plus years a cancer doc, he was so astounded by this, he brought in the whole office to look at this thing that had disappeared because he couldn't believe it. He actually called it a miracle. And you know what? I know there was ups and downs and pain through the whole thing, but she is still cancer free today. <laughs> Amen. I mean, God uses medicine. He uses it. He breaks through in unexpected ways. See, he wants every part of our life whole, healed, delivered, set free. You see, Jesus is looking at you right now. And he's not walking away from you. He's actually walking toward you. He wants to meet you right where you're at. He wants to come down in the midst of your pain and your sorrow and all the disruption in your life. And he wants to tell you, I am willing. Will you look away from your circumstance? Will you believe that this is my heart for you? Will you press into something that seems impossible? Press in to a place that you can't yet see. It takes the Holy Spirit. And so right now, I'm just going to pray. I just want you to close your eyes. This is a power of his presence. This is not willpower. And so Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We welcome your power, Lord. We welcome the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand. Lord, we turn. We change the way we think. We turn, we fix our gaze on your gospel, on the good news. And God, we ask you to lead us to a place of hope and freedom that you suffered and died so that we can have it. And God, as we enter to a place of worship, God, I pray that some of these words up here, that we can speak them out, and even if we don't believe in them our heart, in our hearts, Lord, that we could speak them out in faith. I want you to stand right now because we're going to worship. And worship is a powerful weapon. It's, it's a weapon. It's a weapon of warfare. You know why? Because the enemy, the one that steals, kills, and destroys, he hates when our affection and our attention are turned to what's possible. He hates it. And so, Jesus, we just say yes to you this morning. We want to press into everything you paid for on the cross. We love you, Jesus. We worship you. Amen. Let's worship.